0: This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the radio and the internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. What are the qualifications of a great leader? Pastor Steve Kramer talks about what Jesus says makes a great leader. Stay with us for today's message, Leadership Matters.
1: Leadership's a hot topic these days. If an interviewer were to stop you on the street and ask, what makes a good leader, what would you say? Jesus has an authoritative word for us today on that subject, and I hope you'll stay with us. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Gracious God and Father, we approach your throne of grace today needing to hear your word for us. May our worship be pleasing to you and may your word have its way with us. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.
2: Come thou almighty king, help us thy name to sing. Help us to-
1: Our reading for today is taken from Matthew chapter 23, beginning at verse 1. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat, so do and observe whatever they tell you, but not the works they do, for they preach but do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. They do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long, and they love the place of honor at feasts, and the best seats in the synagogues, and greetings in the marketplaces, and being called rabbi by others. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all brothers. And call no man your father on earth, for you have one father who is in heaven. Neither be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Christ. The greatest among you shall be your servant, and whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted.
3: Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart.
1: Stuart Briscoe tells this amusing story in one of his uh, wonderful discipleship books. One of my young colleagues, he writes, was officiating at the funeral of a war veteran. The dead man's military friends wished to have a part in the service at the funeral home, so they requested the pastor to lead them down to the casket, stand with them for a solemn moment of remembrance, and then lead them out through the side door. This he proceeded to do. But unfortunately, the effect was somewhat marred when he picked the wrong door. The result was that they marched with military precision into a broom closet in full view of the mourners and had to beat a hasty retreat covered with embarrassment and confusion. This little story from Stuart Briscoe reminds us that leadership matters. It's important whether it's in the church, or in business, or sports, or education, or government, just to name a few. As an employer or a manager, for instance, it impacts employee turnover, absenteeism, work environment, morale, and productivity. And in sports, captains make such a difference in team unity and harmony and effectiveness on the field. In the church, Leadership truly does matter a great deal. And we we know that there's a Bible verse that says, uh, where there is no vision, the people perish. A more modern version of that might be in the church, for the church day, where there is no pastoral vision, the people leave for another parish. So as a pastor, I've read all kinds of books along the way on leadership, both from church and business leaders, in order to stay uh, sharp and keep my staff and congregation moving in the same direction. I've learned. Leadership matters. It matters in the government too, doesn't it? Leadership's a topic we hear a lot about these days as we prepare for an upcoming election. Vote for me, we hear. Trust me, I'm the leader that this country needs. Just follow me. And we know from past history that leadership really does matter. In the running of a community or a state or a country. Now maybe you are someone who is a leader or you aspire to be a leader in your church or community or at work or perhaps you're a follower who's wondering what is a good leader. Well you're in luck today. Jesus has a helpful word for you and me. We see Jesus the world's greatest leader, after all, he is the resurrected Lord, amen, addressing the topic of leadership in today's passage, as he takes on the scribes and the Pharisees and their leadership of the people. N.T. Wright, in his commentary on Matthew, writes that these words of Jesus speak not only to religious leadership, but also to other areas of leadership in life as well, we need to keep in mind that this is for all kinds of leaders. He writes, generations of preachers have used this passage to criticize church leaders who like dressing up and being seen in public. That's fair enough. But we should not forget that the scribes and Pharisees were not simply what we would call religious leaders. They were just as much what we would call social and political leaders, or at least the leaders of popular parties and pressure groups. People desire positions of leadership in the community, at work, and in the church. And we learn from the scribes and the Pharisees today and how Jesus talks about them that it's dangerous when love for that position grows stronger than loyalty to God. Because that's what happened to the Pharisees and scribes. We know from the chapters before Matthew 23 that these leaders had been criticizing Jesus prior to this and trying to do him in. So far, they have failed in their attempts because he's just too smart for them. So as they walk away from Jesus in the temple courts, Jesus turns to the disciples in the crowds and he begins to teach them about good leadership and poor leadership. He uses the scribes and Pharisees as negative examples to teach important positive principles about being a good leader. For instance, we learn from Jesus in this passage that number one, a good leader walks his or her talk. See, he says that the scribes and Pharisees, they sit in a place of authority on Moses' seat. They have a, a, a head seat at the table in the synagogue. He says, respectfully listen, And do what they teach from the Old Testament Scripture. Of course, we know that not all the time did they interpret Scripture accurately, according to Jesus. But he said, as far as they are teaching you Old Testament Scripture. But he says, but don't do what they do. Don't you copy them. Why? Because they don't practice what they preach. They don't follow God's commandments that they teach about. They love to come up with all kinds of little rules and loopholes and traditions and interpretations to get around them. He says they don't walk the talk. A good leader walks the talk. Second, A good leader leads with compassion. They have a love for God above all things and a love for people. These Pharisees and scribes Jesus says, are doing nothing to help their people that they've been given the job of leading. They lack compassion for them. He says all they do is talk and lay heavy burdens on the people's shoulders that make life all the more miserable for them and they offer no help, no assistance, not even a living example. They just like to look down on their people and judge them And talk to one another. Number three. Jesus also tells us that a good leader is humble. He he or she has an attitude of humility. Now these leaders that Jesus describes so negatively are anything but humble. He shows us that in his talk today. They show their pride and ego in the following ways. He says they do all their deeds for people's applause. They're grandstanders. Earlier, Jesus talked of them making a show of their prayer life in public in Matthew chapter 6. And they like to show off their authority, he said, in the way they dress and attempt to look more holy than anyone else. Long phylacteries and and, uh, fringes and bigger prayer boxes and so on that they wear, making their outerwear more ostentatious so that they might draw more attention to themselves. They like the places of honor. At the banquets and in the synagogue, they want to be treated as big shots. They love the perks of the job, the best seats in the house. And they love the titles and salutations from the people. Jesus mentions three of them. He says, you, uh, rabbis, meaning my master in those days. They like to be called as master He said, and father, they like being called affectionately and respectfully like an Abba or a Papa. Only God has that kind of, deserves that kind of title. They address their disciples as their children. Their authority and honor, they seem to think, place them on a higher level than their disciples. And Jesus is saying that only God is supposed to receive such superior respect. All other Christians are peers. Finally they like to be called instructors or or another word for it is masters. It's an academic term, speaking that they're surrogates, so to speak, for God, substitutes. And Jesus says or or even like maybe like like the Messiah, Jesus says there's only one Messiah. So in summing up the importance of humility, Jesus says, You know, whoever humbles him exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. By who do you suppose? By God. Now, Jesus is talking about the last day when he comes with his new heaven and new earth and all the nations stand before him and his judgment seat. We have also seen that truth though played out even while we wait for that day. Uh, A funny story I heard long time ago. A new colonel had just moved into his new office had a bit of an ego and he wanted to make an impression on this young sergeant who was approaching his office that day, right? Before the sergeant opened the uh, door, the colonel picked up his phone and started pretending to be on an important call. Yes, General Schwarzkopf, thanks for your confidence in me. I'll do my best. I won't let you down. He motioned the sergeant in and he covered the mouthpiece of his phone. He said, What do you want, sergeant? Can't you see I'm on an important phone call? The sergeant smiled and replied, I'm sorry, sir, I'm just here to hook up your phone. <laughs> he who exalts himself will be humbled. And there are some sad and not so funny stories about leaders who got so full of themselves that they fell and great was their fall. So what is humility, healthy humility? Is it looking down on yourself no, it's not that at all. Cornel West, in an article in Christianity Today magazine from years ago, describes humility this way To be humble is to be so sure of oneself and one's self mission that one can forego calling excessive attention to oneself and status. And even more pointedly, to be humble is to revel in the accomplishments or potentials of others, especially those with whom one identifies. And then he goes on to say, it means two things, actually. One, a capacity for self-criticism. The second feature is allowing others to shine, affirming others, empowering and enabling others. Those who lack humility are dogmatic and egotistical. They feel the success of others is at the expense of their own fame and glory. If criticisms put forward, they're not able to respond to it well. And this produces, of course, an authoritarian sensibility. And that describes the Pharisees and the scribes and their leadership to AT, Jesus says. So what does a humble leader look like? Well, I like this story I came back came across years ago. By Rameza Tala, he's a general director at the Bible Society of Egypt. He had attended an international conference the lausanne conference for christian leaders back in 1974 and was thrilled to be with top-notch leaders from around the globe sharing and reading papers on interesting subjects but the most meaningful insight actually came to him on the flight home from that conference it was a long flight back to canada he said that where he's working at the time he said i had many papers to go through I had taken a lot of business cards from all sorts of important global leaders that I had met. We all know we collect these cards. We put them in our pockets and often forget about them. As I looked through my cards from Lausanne, I noticed one that was not very well printed and I looked at it carefully. And I I get emotional when I remember this story. It, it broke me. At Lausanne, we had small groups every night. About ten of us met in our dormitory rooms to pray and share together. The first night, we introduced ourselves president of a seminary, pastor of a church with 2,000 people, and so on. Everybody was busy showing how great they were. I said I led the inner varsity movement in the province of Quebec, Canada. It was actually a very small ministry, but it sounded good. One African man who was with us said, I'm a pastor in Kenya. During the week, we all listened to each other. I didn't pay much attention to the pastor from Kenya. I wanted to get close to the important people, but I was moved by this pastor's stories of how God had touched him as a schoolteacher during the African revival and changed his life. I thought he was a deep man. I pictured him working in a humble little village in Africa. But when I picked up his business card on the plane back to Canada, I discovered that it said, Festo Oleng, Archbishop of Kenya. Olang well, was a man who could pull rank on anybody in our group. He was a bigwig, but we didn't know it, and he did not tell us. He did not use his position to secure his identity. He was a simple pastor who loved Jesus. I'm still moved to the core when I remember this incident 32 years later. I said to myself on the plane, that's the kind of leader I want to be. That's leadership, Jesus style. Then finally, Jesus tells us a good leader is a servant to those he or she leads that he or she exercises servant leadership that's looking out for the welfare of others that you're leading ahead of yourself you're not to be a celebrity but a servant not to be a superstar but a servant helping others to be all that God intended them to be self-giving to others a total commitment to others self-sacrificing, sacrificing your own agenda if you have to for the sake of others, selflessness for the sake of the cause, just like Jesus. Remember his words? For I did not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. There you have it. That's a good leader. I find this to be valuable instruction for pastors and politicians and bosses and captives and other kinds of leaders and followers of leaders, especially if we're followers of Jesus. His words, as our Lord, are meant to be taken seriously and followed. And of course we won't be perfect in doing this. Like the old song says by Mac Davis, Oh Lord, it's hard to be humble. And we like to be served because we're still sinners, aren't we? Pride and ego and selfishness still raises its ugly head inside of us. I know the truth of what I am saying here because I am describing myself, friends. I'm describing myself. So I do believe, if maybe I'm describing you too, A word of grace is needed at this point of our message as we consider leadership and our failures. Thank God we have one perfect leader, Jesus Christ, Son of God, Lord of the nations. And he issues these denunciations today and these directions, not from great pompous heights, but on the way to a cross which awaited him in just a few short days he had already promised that his load is easy and his burden is light and that people carrying heavy loads ought to come to him and carry his instead and follow him now he's on his way as he speaks these latest words he's on his way to shoulder the heaviest burden of all our sin so that his people would never again have to be weighed down by it And God raised him from the dead on the third day. Give me an amen. Announcing to the world, Jesus Christ is the leader you can trust. Listen to him. Listen to him. He knows what good leadership is all about. So let us constantly turn to Jesus in humble confession and trust in him for our salvation and forgiveness and help as we strive to follow His instructions on leadership in every area of our lives. Amen. Yeah. Lord, we thank you for your instruction today on leadership. May we as your people strive to put it to work in all areas of our lives. Amen. Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Amen.
0: You've been worshiping with the Christian Crusaders, radio, and internet ministry. We are grateful for God's continued blessings and faithfulness to this ministry for the past 84 years. And we are excited to lift up His name, point people to Jesus Christ, and stand boldly on His word. And we ask you to prayerfully consider how you might partner with us in support of this ministry. Christian Crusaders is a nonprofit ministry supported entirely by the gifts of our listening audience. Estate gifts, large and small, have become a significant part of our ministry. Please consider a final gift to this ministry as part of your estate planning. For more information on how you can make an estate gift, a legacy donation, or a non-cash gift, call us at 319 924 and request advice from one of our trusted Christian finance experts. They'll help you at no cost. Call our office today at 319-277-0924 or visit our website at christiancrusaders.org. We thank each of you for your gifts and prayers. Many listeners have joined our Gem Club. That's a gift every month club. Go to our website and learn how just 10 20 or $50 a month can make a significant difference to the future of this ministry. Memorial gifts are also a great way to remember a loved one. Donors are published in our quarterly newsletter mailings, and many have discovered it's become a meaningful way to remember a loved one's special day. Many of you remember Homer Larson and his 51-year history as our lead preacher on Christian Crusaders. It was always Homer's dream to establish a perpetual fund that would receive large gifts to Christian Crusaders so as to build up a fund to cover operating expenses. We are pleased to announce the official launching of the Christian Crusaders Perpetual Fund that receives gifts of $20,000 or more in honor of Homer and Eunice Larson. We invite you to learn more about this fund. Go to our website, christiancrusaders.org. If you'd like to listen to today's message again, you can find it in one of three podcasts. first podcast, called the CC Broadcast, is where weekly services are archived. The second podcast, called the CC Podcast Conversations, is where we archive inspiring interviews with interesting Christians, such as gangster and murderer Ron Gruber, an NFL football player from the University of Iowa, Ike Boddicker, and other interesting and inspiring interviews. The third podcast, called the CC Podcast Daily Dose Devotionals, is where we host our daily Bible overview with six-minute devotions. These podcasts can be subscribed to on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and others. You'll find links to them at our website, christiancrusaders.org. We're happy you were able to worship with us today, and we pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Today's service was conducted by Pastor Steve Kramer, speaker on Christian Crusaders, broadcasting and podcasting biblical truth since 1936.